0: He would just give me a word um, for our church. You know, it's the last day of the year and a lot of New Year's resolutions and stuff. And what he kept doing, though, is he kept giving me this this, uh, section of Scripture to read over the church. And so I want to do that. And I got three pages of word from him that I don't know if I'm going to read. I might just allow him to give me a fresh word. We'll see what he does. This is what he showed me about Cornerstone, about the individual pieces of the body of Cornerstone coming together, you, and unity, and the destiny and purpose that is over Cornerstone. See, before the foundation of the world, he thought up Cornerstone and placed it at this time and this place. And all the prophecies and all the things that have been spoken over this body of believers is for such a time as this. And I believe that 2018 will be a year of souls for the kingdom, disciples being made, and much growth. But it's going to be determined by how much the body will come together in unity. So, um, but this is a, the scripture he kept giving to me over and over again. in Isaiah chapter 60 verses 1 through 5, and he said to read it as if it's on you as cornerstone as a body. And over each of the individual members of Cornerstone. So this is for you individually as well as the body at Cornerstone. Arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people, but the Lord will arise over you, and his glory will be seen upon you, and the world shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. Lift up your eyes all around and see. They all gather together. They come to you. Your sons shall come from afar. And your daughters shall be nursed at your side. Then you shall see and become radiant. Hallelujah. And your heart shall swell with joy because of the abundance of the sea shall be turned to you. The wealth of the world shall come to you. Thank you, Lord. And I call this forth in the mighty name of Jesus. I call you to rise cornerstone into your destiny into your purpose. Let the radiant glory of God just saturate your very being and let it pour out of this place and as the prophecies of the river of living water flow through this place touching Benzie County Manistee County, Grand Traverse County let that light so shine and begin to bubble up now within you. 2018 is a year of growth. 2018 is a year of souls for the kingdom. 2018 is a year of disciples being made for this in this place. And in you, Lord, thank you, Lord. Blessings, blessings on each one as they rise up. I call you forth to listen to my divine purposes and my strategies. Lay aside any weight that hinders you now. Get in the race for the time is now, says the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to let my wife use the Bible because I've got another one up here, so... Um, I wanted to share with you um, a little bit about prayer and fasting. Just about every year, Cornerstone has always brought in the new year with prayer and fasting. And the reasons why we bring it in the beginning of the year is it's a, it's a first fruit thing. If you can give your first fruits unto the Lord, you get blessed. How many know a little bit about first fruits and how that works? Well, actually, the General Council of the Assemblies of God has the first full week of January as a Week set aside for prayer and fasting. So we at Cornerstone will be setting aside the first full week of January of 2018 for prayer and fasting. Uh, So we're calling a corporate prayer and fasting time. Not only for us to walk into our purpose and destiny, but also for the other Assemblies of God churches, for the church in general in the United States and in the world to rise up. We will give you, and Pastor Brenda will be talking uh, more about this uh, next week, actually the 7th, which is Sunday, will be the first day next week. Uh, She'll give you uh, some prayer strategies. She'll have some handouts for us on what we're going to be praying for, uh, how we will be fasting. Um, Those who want to pray and fast for the whole week, that's cool. Uh, Jesus started his ministry um, with a 40-day fast, by the way. Um, matter of fact, we see it several times in the Scripture. So what I'm suggesting is, um, we want at least a seven-day fast from the body of Christ. If God takes you deeper and longer, Hallelujah! <laughs> Go for it, Amen. But I and I want to tell you, I don't care what your doctor says. I care what Doctor Jesus says. Everybody in here can give up something. I, I've heard that too often. I'm not going to get kind of ornery about it, but, well, I'm under doctor's care, so and I've got this, and I've got that, so I really can't fast. Baloney. That's malarkey. That's a lie of the devil. There's something that you can fast, something you can give up for God and get into prayer. And I want to talk a little bit about prayer and fasting and what it is, according to the scriptures. Do you know that over 600 times... Over 600 times, there's prayers from people onto God and God talking back to them. Over 600 times just in the Word of God. And that doesn't count the 150 psalms, which are actually prayers. How many know that the psalms are actually prayers that are supposed to be sung to God? That's what they were created for. Psalms are 150 prayers to be sung to God. All through the scripture, we see that prayer is the connection to God. Prayer is the the lifeblood. Did you ever think about the mystery of prayer? Think about this for a minute. Here's here's what God does. God says, I know everything about you before you ever say it, but I want you to ask me, and as you ask me, the two of us are going to get together on this, and we're actually going to bring it into being. God already knows your thoughts, your prayers, before you even pray them, but still wants you to pray and get in connection with him because that's how heaven comes to earth. When we connect up with God and we get one with him, and actually the most simplest form of prayer is just talking with God. When we're talking with God, getting into his heart, he opens up his heart to us. And his heart then becomes our heart. And when the two of us agree, Come on, there's power and agreement. It paints a bull'seye on the area that we're praying for, and heaven hits that bull'seye. And when heaven hits earth, earth, Earth must yield to everything from heaven. Prayer is an amazing way that God has uses us when He says, "Hey, I've given you stewardship over this earth." Prayer is the way we steward the earth. It's communion with Him. And in that place of communion, we rule and reign on this earth as if we're in heaven already, which we are, seated in the heavenlies, bringing everywhere where we go in communion with him, when we're talking with him, when we're in prayer union with him, heaven to earth. That's simply what prayer is. And all through the scripture, we see that over and over and over again. So I just want you to bow your head right now. I'm going to ask God to to give you this because I know that some of us have an issue with praying. So, um, dear Father God, you know we love you. We know you know that we want to become uh, prayer partners with you. Teach us how to pray. Help us when we don't feel like praying. Show us. Just as Jesus even prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane, I just give myself to you, each one of us give ourselves to you, to be taught how to pray, how to become one with you. Change our lives so that we make prayer our joy. Make prayer our purpose. Give me the prayer assignments that you want me to have, and I give myself to you to be an open vessel for your glory, to be used by you. Thank you, Lord. Help me to be your prayer partner on this earth, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I don't know, I might read some of the Psalms, some of the prayers. Um, we'll just see where the Lord goes with this Um I want to read a quote from Mike Bickle. Everybody know who Mike Bickle is. He's the one who actually started iHOP International House of Prayer in which they started a 24/7 365 day prayer uh, assignment where people are there and this has been going on since the 19 late 1980s that there was a place where prayer never stops in the United States. Actually there's a International House of Prayer branch office up in Traverse City. Um, uh, the Moravians. Have anybody heard of the Moravians before? The Moravians, matter of fact, you guys lived by them, didn't you? Was the, the property over there in North Carolina. They came to the United States and for 100 years, they had 24-7, 365 days a week of prayer going up to God. Continual. Continual. Come on, there's something in that. Prayer. Union with God happening. God says to pray without ceasing. Mike Bickle says this, being a person of prayer is the most important calling of one's life. It is a higher calling than even being a spouse, a parent, a pastor, a preacher, a leader in the marketplace, because we will all become better spouses, parents, and leaders as we take time to grow in prayer. While not every believer is called to preach, every believer is called to prayer. Every one of you have been called to be in communion with God, to be in oneness with Him. And through that prayer, completeness or oneness, things begin to happen. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. I will in a moment. Thank you, Lord. So the purpose of us is to become a living vessel of what God wants to put into us, which is all of Him. We become the container of God, which He pours Himself into through us opening Him up ourselves to Him in prayer. And as we do, that vessel then becomes so filled, the container becomes so filled with the glory of God that it begins to spill out onto others around us. Prayer is actually a gift from God to us. That actually, come on, think about this for a minute. The almighty king of the universe, God himself, is telling Deborah, he's telling Dale, he's telling me, he's telling each of you here, that at any single time, I will give you the authority to come into my throne room and talk to me about anything you want, big or small. And when you ask me, and in, in agreement, the two of us, it will take place. That is huge. That is big. It's a gift. It's like he draws us into his heart. Remember, in the um, there was a, a, a Holy of Holies in the Old Testament. It was kind of a picture of the throne room of God. Well, when Jesus came, basically that Holy of Holies, there was a a curtain that separated God and man and only the high priest could go in. And God separated that curtain from the top down. He began to rip it himself open from the top down. That is a picture of his heart being ripped open to you so that you can walk into his very heart and your heart and his heart be as one. And that picture of the Holy of Holies being ripped open so that you can have perfect union and communion with Him. is a picture of what Jesus did on the cross for us so that we can walk in this oneness with Him. It's about relationship. It's not about His presence that we get, but about His presence, relationship, where He's with us. Come on. Mm. and Song of Psalms 214 God says this about your voice. He says, I love your voice. How sweet is your voice? He's talking about you and me. How sweet is our voice to Him? He even says that just one look from us when we're in His heart, just one look from us overwhelms Him. That's how much He loves you. And that's how much He gave Himself so that you could have this relationship with Him. We call it prayer, but really what it is is communion with the King of the Universe. And it's so important We get prayer and we think of this like burden that we got to, oh, I got to do all these things. And I remember a couple of weeks ago I shared this about what Robert Morris shared. This is how some prayers go with us. It's like someone like, for instance, if I'm on the phone with Deborah and all I can do is communicate by phone with her. I get on the phone and I say, Deborah, I need you to do this. I need you to do that. I want this. I want that. I want this. I want, and thank you. Uh, I got to go now. Bye. And we do that every single time. How much of a relationship are we building up? Now, there's nothing wrong with asking God. But what God has done is he doesn't want to have a date. He wants a lover, a eternal relationship with you. Is that building a relationship? That's not what prayer is. Yes, prayer is asking, but prayer is also listening. It's not monologue where we're always I need this, I need that. And so we get into that mode of sometimes where it's just like we're in such a hurried world that, okay, I gotta get my prayers in. And it's all like boom, 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 boom I'm doing all these prayers. Okay, bye, God. That's not relationship. That's not rela- that's not prayer. <laughs> That is one part of what prayer is. And so I want to just share with you, as you begin 2018, as we end 2017, to have such a relationship with the king of the universe, that it means more to you than anything in your life. Amen? Philippians 4.6 says this, Don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing. Be saturated in prayer throughout each day, offering your faith-filled request before God with overflowing gratitude. Tell him every detail of your life. Then God's wonderful peace that transcends human understanding will make the answers known to you through Jesus Christ. That's a promise from God to you that when we allow ourselves to be saturated in the presence of Him and in prayer, what happens to us because of it? See, what happens to those who saturate themselves in the presence of God and in prayer, God rubs off on you and gets on you. And you become more like the one that you're spending time with and in relationship with. Dr. Leon um, has several books and teachings on prayer. And if you go through his... um, his, uh, classes um, he said this in, in one of the prayer classes in, in one of the books. He says prayer is powerful because through your communication with God you have access to all of heaven's resources. It's like the president of the United States inviting you into his office at any time regardless of any need and placing all the national resources at your disposal to, desist, to assist you in any situation. <laughs> it's, it's, but it really isn't like that. It's bigger than that. The king of the universe has invited you into his throne room to give you all of his resources so that you can use those resources to build his kingdom for his glory. Think about that. Think of the privilege of that. Just let that soak into you for a moment. You have that authority by the blood of Jesus Christ. Hmm. The other thing that Prayer does is it escorts or brings God's will to the earth. This is what's done when we are praying. We bring heaven down to earth. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Our prayers bring heaven to earth when the prayers get answered. Think about that. The highest privilege of a church, the highest privilege of a person, my highest privilege, yours also. I get to bring the will of God To earth. I get to fulfill the will of God when I commune with Him, become one with Him in prayer. That is pretty cool, isn't it? We have the authority to do that. You know, and also prayer was the priority of Jesus. It was so important to Him. Over 25 times in the Gospels, we see Jesus in prayer and in oneness with the Father. Even the last hours of his life in the garden, he's praying. Even on the cross, he's praying. He's in communion. Everything about the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ when he was on this earth was founded in prayer. Matter of fact, even when he was being baptized, it says that he began to pray. And that the power of God came upon him in the form of the Holy Spirit. And that God was well pleased. I'm going to ask you a question, a simple question. It's in Hebrews 7.25. You don't have to go there, but the answer is there. What is Jesus doing right now? Anybody got the answer? What is Jesus doing right now? Interceding for us. He ever lives, or he forever lives, or some versions say, he is now forever living to make intercession for you and I. So not only... Do we have access into the throne room of the king of the universe? But here is Jesus individually making intercession for you right now before God. Wow. That's pretty cool. Just that alone. Think about this too. What type of love relationship do you want to have with the body of Christ and with other people? The greatest love relationship, the greatest thing you could ever do for anyone is to pray for them. Think about that for a moment. You're actually going before the king of the universe, interceding for another person on their behalf and bringing them before God. That is the most blessed, most highest thing you could ever do for a person. Is bring them, to intercede for them. You want to love on somebody? Start praying for them. Here's how we get out of an unforgiving heart, too. I usually use this with folks. A lot of us get into that mode where someone has offended us, someone has hurt us. And we get into a mode where they just hurt you. They did bad stuff to you. Um, abuse and different things. And Can you actually start praying for that person? Because when you can break through and forgive... The person, don't forgive the sin. The sin was, they, what they did is wrong. But begin to take that person before the Lord and actually pray for them. I will tell you, what, it will break off unforgiveness faster than anything. Faster than anything. What a love relationship, just that alone. Hey, the main weapon in our spiritual warfare How many know about the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit? Come on, all those things in Ephesians chapter 6 that we're supposed to wear like this armor of God. And we put on the armor of God. And it says um, in uh, 6.17, it talks about the last thing is the sword of the Spirit, which is a weapon. But then what do we do with all this stuff? We got all this stuff on, but people forget the next verse, which is Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18 says this. I want to read this. This is what we do once we get the armor on. Here's what we're supposed to do once you have all the armor of God on. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18 says, Pray passionately in the spirit as you constantly intercede in every form of prayer at all times. Pray the blessings of God upon all believers. Once we have the armor on, that's what we're supposed to be doing. It's prayer. Prayer is warfare. Prayer is the highest form of warfare. Are you guys getting this? Hmm. And then simply, prayers, is how you receive what you need from God. God has all your needs met. But he says this in James chapter 4. He says, you know what? You don't have much, the stuff you're supposed to get. I'm paraphrasing. This is James chapter 4, verse 2. Because you don't ask me. If you'd ask me, I'd give it to you. Matter of fact, in Matthew chapter 6, he says, you know, you need to ask, you need to knock, you need to seek me. He says, if you ask, and going back to James chapter 4, verse 2, if you ask, you will receive. God is wants us to come in communion with him. And he will open up his heart to us, but he wants us to do it, so he sits back and says, come on, I'm waiting for you. I will always be there. I'll never leave you or forsake you. My door is always open. Heaven is always open to you. I always want to live in your heart for all eternity. You and I are made for one forever. Christ paid the price. The blood of Christ has covered you. You are now righteous to come into my throne room anytime you want. But you've got to come in. And when you do... We will commune together and I will answer your prayers. Amen. You know, Jesus remember blind Bartimaeus, he was sitting in a tree, and Jesus went by him and Jesus said this to blind Bartimaeus What do you have what do you want me to do for you? Artimaeus, what what do you want me to do for you? All of us have been in spiritual blindness. All of us have things that we need from God. And God is saying to you right now, what do you want me to do for you? Will you come to me? Will you cry out to me? Will you commune with me? Will you talk with me? What do you want me to do? I'm ready to do it. But will you come? Hmm. Let me read um, a few of the Psalms and see the heart that God wants us to have in Him. Prayer should be so, like, such a hungering thing for us. I'm just going to read a few Psalms here. Um, I'll start with one that we all know very well, Psalm 42, verses 1 and 2. Let me read that to you. I'll use the Passion Translation here to read that. It says, listen to this prayer, and let it be your prayer. I long to drink of you, O God, drinking deeply from the streams of your pleasure, which flow in your presence. My longings overwhelm me for more of you. My soul thirsts, pants, and longs for the living God. I want to come and see your face. Day and night, my tears keep falling. My heart keeps crying for your help. While my enemies mock me over and over, saying, where is this God of yours? Why doesn't he help you? But then, as you continue to read, he bursts forth through and becomes the mighty hero, answering the prayers. But it starts with a thirst. It starts with a hunger from us to get into the presence of God. Do you really hunger and thirst for God more than anything else in your life? Is it a hungering and thirsting? That's why we talk about prayer and fasting. When we fast, it's laying down things that we can, and food is a good thing to lay down, but laying down things so we can get closer to God. That's what fasting really is. It usually entitles food. But it's laying down something so we can take that time that, for instance, how long does it take you to make a dinner? Let's say it only takes an hour. But you've got to make dessert, too. So let's say an hour and a half. And, and to eat it and all that stuff. So what if you took that hour and a half and didn't prepare that dinner and spent it in communion and in prayer with God? That's what fasting is about. That's how fasting works. To give up something so that you can get more of him. Again, everybody can give up. Here's, here's another one. Oh, let me read another. Oh, let me go. Oh, man. These are all good. Psalm 43, verse... Um, which verse is that? Three. Pour into me the brightness of your daybreak. Pour into me your rays of revelation truth. Let them comfort and gently lead me onto the shining path, showing the way of your burning presence into your many sanctuaries of holiness. He wants to take you into his sanctuaries of holiness. He wants to brighten your path. He wants to, as we were singing, let it rain. Let the glory of God just rain all over you, dripping, oozing from you, touching others. Thank you, Lord. Uh, Psalm sixty. Three. Then I'll move on. Psalm 63, 1 through 5. Again, listen, let this be your prayer. O God of my life, I'm love sick for you in this weary wilderness. I thirst with the deepest longings to love you more, with cravings in my heart that cannot be described. Such yearnings grip my soul for you, O God. I am energized whenever I enter into your heavenly sanctuary and seek more of your power, and to drink in more of your glory. Oh, what a picture. For your great love and tender kindness means more to me than life itself. How I love to praise you, God. Daily I will worship you passionately. With all my heart, my arms will wave to you like banners of praise. That is a picture of the relationship. That's a picture of us getting into the throne room of the king of the universe. And again, I just read a few, but again, Psalms, 150 prayers that open up the door into the kingdom and unto God. So, types of prayers, let me get into that quickly and then we'll get into a little bit about fasting and corporate prayer. Types of prayers, one is confession of sin. Um, David, in Psalm 51, basically he laid himself out before the Lord and says, Look, it, I, I've, I've done wrong in your sight. I've sinned against you, O oh God. All of us sin, and we kind of miss the mark and get off. So one, of the, one prayer is, Father, search my heart. Is there anything in me that's breaking or not allowing us to have total union, total communication? That's a prayer. That's a prayer I use all the time hey, search me, look at me. What is in me that's blocking our relationship? Is there any sinful ways in me? And I repent because I've sinned against you, O God. Search my heart. Another prayer is worship and praise and thanksgiving. Psalm 100 says, we enter into what? Courts with what? And into his gates with what? Thanksgiving. You want to enter into the throne room, start with praise and thanksgiving and worship. It's a form of prayer. Asking is a form of prayer. It's just that we (laughs) don't want to stay there all the time because we don't want monologue. We want dialogue. Um, Intercession, praying for others. Warfare is where we are in a spiritual battle. And the enemy wants to lie, steal, and destroy. He wants to kill, steal, and destroy. His thing is he's called the accuser of the enemy. So we have to break those walls down. And through warfare prayer, we do that. Praying in the Spirit. Praying in tongues. All of us have got a, if you've been filled with the Holy Spirit, all of you have got a prayer language that the Lord has given you. You need to use it. You need to pray in the Spirit. Praying in the Spirit, it says, strengthens your faith. That's prayer. Praying his word and promises. God has given us all kinds of promises in the word of God. Pray them back to him. But one of the highest and most noblest prayers is the devotional prayer, devotional time where we just get into his presence and allow him to speak to us. It says, wait on the Lord. Let him speak to you. And I saved this one to last because I want to share some time with it. Corporate prayer. Think about this. Now, individually, you have this authority with God. But the church that prays together stays together. And it grows Where We become united in purpose. Again, one of the Psalms, one of the prayers in the Bible, in Psalm 133, says this, How truly wonderful and delightful to see our brothers and sisters living together in sweet unity. It's as precious as the sacred scented oil flowing from the head of the high priest Aaron, dripping down unto his beard, running all the way down the hem of his priestly robes. This heavenly harmony can be compared to the dew dripping down from the skies in Mount Hermon, refreshing the mountain slopes. For from this realm of sweet harmony, God will release his eternal blessing and promise of life forever. When we come together in unity and in prayer and in corporate prayer, When we come together in corporate prayer and fasting, think of the power of that. Mm. Matthew 18.18 says, Receive this truth. Whatever you forbid on earth will be considered forbidden in heaven, and whatever you release on earth will be released from heaven. Again, I give you this eternal truth. If two of you agree to ask God for something in agreement, your heavenly Father will do it for you. If two of us, hey, just me and you together, just you and I agreeing together, says that whatever we bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever we loose from heaven will be loosed onto the earth. He said in his word, these words, that one of us in prayer, or one of us, We'll put the flight, how many? A thousand. Prayer is so cool. One of us with God, we're in the majority. We'll put the flight a thousand. But when two of us come together, how many? Ten thousand. Let's use some heavenly mathematics. I've done this before, but I found out, I actually did it now, that seven agreeing together will be a billion times stronger. That comes out to a billion. When you multiply it out, Seven, just seven of us agreeing together. It becomes a billion times bigger. We put the flight a billion. There's more than seven of you here. When we come together in corporate prayer, the power is just like, it it explodes. It's exponential. Corporate prayer is huge. And unfortunately, it's the least... I won't go there. We do have corporate meetings in our church. I don't see many of you there. I don't you probably got work to do and stuff, but the power of corporate prayer when two or more gather together in his name and begin to barge into the throne room of the king. It's like me bringing Deb and Pastor Brenda and some others, and we're all in there now. All the kids are in there now. Dad, come on, Dad, let's go. There's power in the head. And we've got to see prayer that way. We've got to understand what corporate prayer is. And we've got to understand what prayer is. And we've got to get on with it. Come on, church. It's time to rise up. Wasn't that the word? It's time to rise up into the glory which he called you in. How are we going to change the world if we don't understand his heart, if we don't understand him, if we don't understand what he's got for us, if we don't come together and barge into the throne room and say, I'm ready, here I am. Now, I told you what corporate prayer is, and all through the scripture it talks about that. But think about this. If seven could put the flight a billion when they're praying, what happens when they're not only praying in unity, but they're fasting in unity and in prayer. It's like an atomic bomb. Oof, it's the enemy. Come on. There's something huge about that. There's something bigger than we could ever see or dream or understand. We've now got God's heart. We've now got all the resources of heaven. We're coming as a mighty army. There's no stopping. Do you understand why we call prayer and fasting every year in the beginning of the year? The other thing that's so cool to God, God loves is that when we give him our first fruits, whenever we give him the first of whatever we receive, it, it, he loves it. it, it loved, his heart loves that. What he's doing is saying, my kids love me so much. Look, at, they're giving me the first of whatever it is. The first full week In January 2018, we're going to be in corporate prayer and fasting as a church. The power of that. God loves that. Do you think that there's going to be answers to prayer? We shouldn't think it. We should know it, right? You know, Jesus said all through the Gospels, he said, when you pray. He even said in the epistles, it says, Pray without ceasing. But when you pray, so it's not a question of, should we pray? But then also, people have said, well, now we have the bridegroom and we don't need to fast anymore. But if you look all through the book of Acts, why did they fast? If you look through the scriptures in the New Testament, why did they fast then? And Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 6. He says, when you fast, and then he began to tell them how to fast. So Jesus didn't say, if you ever fast. He says, when you fast. This is something that all of us should be doing. And what better time to do it than the beginning of 2018. So, again, I'm calling you, please, lay down Some of the flesh this first week in January. And if God takes you farther and you're fasting and praying, that's good. Come together corporately and in unity. I know that you have individual things that you'll be praying and fasting for. That's cool. That's good. But also corporately, we'll give you a list of things that we as a church would like you to be praying and fasting for also. We'll give you that next Sunday. And let's get into some corporate prayer And fasting. And let's change this area for the kingdom of God. How many of you are tired of listening to the lies of the enemy? It's time that we do something. And so we're giving in a challenge to each of you right now. If you want to do something, this is how we're going to do it as a body. We're going to come together in corporate prayer, we're going to come together in corporate fast, and we're going to rend the heavens and open them up and put those bullseyes. On each of the things that we're praying for, and allow heaven to hit those and the things of the world will be. Come on, come on. <laughs> well, Jesus said to the disciples in Mark chapter nine, verse twenty nine, they just went through a little bit of warfare. They'd had it easy. They were walking with Jesus. Basically any time they commanded demons to leave, they left. And when it's in a situation, the demon didn't leave when the disciples prayed. And they didn't understand it, so they came and asked Jesus what's going on. And Jesus said this to them. This type of powerful spirit can only be cast out by fasting and prayer. How many of you have been struggling with something in your life that you've been praying about? but it doesn't seem like it's, it's working out. I know God has all the answers, and I know that he wants already just by prayer to get it straightened out. But what it says here is that this type doesn't come out by prayer and fasting. I want you to take those things, anything that you've been struggling with, and for that first week as you're in prayer and fasting, make that the number one thing on your list to pray and fast about. And watch what God does. Amen? Let's all stand as we close today. Father, thank you for showing us just some of the things out of your word about what prayer is and what fasting's all about and why you have us do it. You always got a reason, God. You're so good. Our problem is, is we get so filled with our own thoughts and our own desires and our own ways that we kind of lose track of it's about your ways, not ours. So help us to yield right now in the area of prayer and fasting. Help us to be remembered. Let us finish well. And it says across our gravestone, when you call us to heaven, they were prayer warriors for me. They changed earth with heaven's glory because they were one with me finish well that's the call for your life and the way to finish well is to get in communion with him and begin this next week in corporate prayer and fasting so I call you out right now come forth rise up it's time to shine It's time to let the glory of the Lord be seen upon you and touch the earth around you. It's time to take enemy ground. It's time to touch those hurting, helpless ones around you. It's time to get that one thing that's been really bothering you out of your life for good. It's time, my child, he says, to rise and shine in my glory. I want to take you places that you never dreamed of. I want to take you into my glory. I want to take you into places where you will be such a light for me. That even your very shadow will touch others and glory will hit them. Rise, my child. It starts with communion with me. Are you willing? Are you willing? Says the Lord. What is hindering you? What is stopping you? I'm here for you. Am I bigger than any hindrance you have? Come on, let the light go on. You know that I am. I'm calling you, I'm calling you. Let's start in prayer, let's start in communication. Can you lay a few things down so we can spend more time together? I'm going to show you great and mighty things. Rise, my child. Rise, my child. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I want to just make sure today that all of you have a relationship with Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior because there's no way to actually have a relationship with Father God and actually to pray to Father God properly if the blood of Christ hasn't washed you and made you clean and brought you back into the family. So, I'm going to ask you, do you have that relationship? Do you have the first step is to allow Christ's blood that He gave up for you on the cross to wash away your sins, to wash away the crud off of you? And then He gives you His white robe of righteousness and wraps it around you and becomes one with you and ushers you into the throne room with the King of the universe and says, Daddy, I got another son. I got another daughter for your glory. Thank you, Lord. Mm -hmm. and Papa God is just saying come to me come to me I love you I want to share myself with you I gave up so much for you come on you need to have that relationship that's the first step so I'm going to ask you is there anyone here that would like to make that first step today we can't not offer that up every time Father, I know, I know you want them all. Is there anyone here struggling with that right now? Come on, Daddy's calling you into his presence. It's time to come home. It's time to come home. Is there anyone like that right now that wants the blood of Christ to wash them clean and bring them back into the family of God? It's available to you. Don't walk out of here without it. Sons and daughters of the king that are in this room right now, I don't know where you're at. Only daddy knows where you're at. But I know that he wants more. He wants more of your heart. He wants more of you. See, all of you, all of you was made for all of him. And again, as I said earlier, he wants to pour all of himself into you. He wants you, to, your vessel to be a living container of his glory, of his love, and to be able to use why these few short years you're on this earth to bring others home, to bring others into that place. Will you do that for me, God says. Will you allow me to do that in you, God says to you. That's your purpose. It starts with prayer. It starts with communion with me start this week in corporate prayer and fasting but don't stop 2018 is your year you've got 86,400 seconds of every day as a gift from our eternal dad that he's given to you as a gift 2017 those seconds are over they're gone when they're gone they're gone We don't need to worry about them anymore. They're gone. The cool thing is he's got some new ones coming for each and every one of you. You know, you only got so many times to go around the sun before he calls you out of here. How are you going to give an account? Did you hear him? Were you obedient to what he said to you? Did you use those seconds wisely for the kingdom of glory? Did you break enemy strongholds? Did you release the chains of those who were bound? Did you come to the hurting ones and touch them with my glory? Come on, we've got an assignment to do together, God says. Are you willing to let me use you for that assignment? I'm going to have the prayer team come up, and if anybody uh, is requesting prayer of any kind, they'll be here for you. If you want to make some altar time before the Lord and just get some things right with Him.